0: If you have a bike, go for a bike ride every day. Go for a bike ride every other day. If you can, go for a walk, go for a jog, do some jump rope. Um, If you have access to a gym, do some weightlifting. You have no idea where to start, do any kind of weightlifting program that involves pushing, pulling, and some legs. That's a fantastic program as long as it includes some sort of progression that is way better than nothing, okay? Welcome to the Tomination Time podcast. I normally stream diet and fitness on Twitch with my waifu Helen. These podcasts will be edited portions of the stream. We'll go over diet, fitness, motivation, ergonomics, and more. Don't forget to follow us on twitch.tv slash Tomination Time and leave your notifications on for when we go live. Payens asks, why do you gain so much weight after a cut right away? I am starting to reverse diet for my bulk. I have jumped like five pounds over three days. Payens, um, really quick, can you tell me what is your, uh, what is your TDE maintenance calories right now based on your current body weight? Uh, What is it? And what were your cutting calories? So actually three things. What's your current maintenance calories? What were your cutting calories set to? And uh, what are you eating at now? So I'm guessing you did this like within a period of a week, right? So kind of walk me through the calories that you did. That being said, um, why do you gain so much weight after a cut? This is very normal. And I say this to pretty much anybody who's shifting gears to go into a cut for the first time, or to go into a bulk for the first time, or they're changing up their calories, whatever it is, uh, a lot of times you're going to drop or gain a couple of pounds in a very short amount of time. A lot of times this is because of food and water weight shifting. So for example, if I were to be, uh, I was going from a bulk and I'm gonna start cutting, then as I start cutting, I am physically eating a lot less food. I mean, it depends how much you're eating, but um, I'm eating less food and I'm, I'm going to maintain less water weight. If I have less carb if my carb storage is going down, that also means water weight's gonna go down. And so right off the bat, in the first week, I could drop a couple of extra pounds, just like that. It's not actual fat leaving, it's just the the extra storage I'm holding is gone. So it's like imagine like you wear you wear weighted clothes, like you're like weighted training, right? Think of any anime where the guy's wearing the weighted training, the weighted cuffs or whatever. Um he's he weighs five extra pounds but that's not him that's really not him but like he takes off the cuffs then like he's five pounds lighter is did he actually change his weight no his body weight's been the same the whole time his muscle mass and fat mass did not change the same goes for um when you change up your calories through bulking or cutting that's going to be just like you're going to you're not every time but often going to just instantly gain or lose a couple of pounds off the bat so in Payne's case he was maintaining at about 2,900 calories. His cutting calories was 1,500, and he's currently eating at twenty uh, about 2,400. Okay, so it does sound like you're reverse dieting properly. And for those who don't know, reverse dieting is basically the concept of after you finish cutting, you have lower calories, and you want to jump up to your calories, something higher, like... Um, You wanna jump up to your maintenance or bulking calories of like, in his case, 2,900, maybe 3,100 for bulking, 3,200 for bulking. Um, You don't always just jump straight to that. And so reverse dieting is the concept of, I'm going to slowly increase calories until I get there. Um, I don't wanna spend too much time reverse dieting because some people will disagree with it and there's different camps in reverse dieting. I will just say the three common styles of reverse dieting is one, there is no such thing as bullshit, so therefore just jump straight to, to bulking calories. The other extreme is, um, I'm going to do a hundred calories. I'm going to add a hundred calories to my maintenance ca- or to my diet every week until I hit um, Bulking calories. So in pain's case that'd be 12 weeks of reverse dieting. I'm of the camp of just three weeks Just spend about three weeks Good enough best like that's a good middle ground three weeks to bring up your calories in three increments ish so um, so that being said pants Um it's pretty normal that in five, three days, because you're eating at 1,500 calories. That's pretty low. So like, food weight itself is going to go up. If you were carb depleted before, or pretty long um, on um, carbs, then adding in extra food, uh, carbs is going to increase carb storage. And with carb storage increasing, water storage increases as well. For every one gram of carbs that you can that you store, you store about three or four grams of water. So. The human body can store about a pound-ish of carbs. I mean, it depends on each person, maybe half a pound, maybe 2 pounds if you're extreme. But like, let's just keep the math simple at 1 pound. If you were low on carbs before and you increased it by a a half pound to a pound, like we're being kind of extreme, but I just want you to see the math, a pound of carb storage increasing would give about three or four pounds of additional water. So that's four or five pounds of non-fat, non-muscle increasing. This is, of course, at the extreme high end, it's probably not that high. But to, um, to, to get a feel for this, PANS, even half of that at two or three pounds, that helps That helps make up for um, a couple of pounds that you gained, plus the actual food weight going up. Pants, I'm not concerned at all. That's pretty normal. When we do the math, we can feel a lot more confident about understanding what's going on in our body. Because if you had no roadmap to see where you're going and you're just driving blind, fuck, that's scary. But if you have a roadmap and that shows you you're going to encounter this landmark and see this landmark and you're going to see this other one, you feel much more confident throughout this whole process and you don't feel as panicky when something happens like you gain five pounds in three days. So pans, you're normal. Like that's that sounds pretty normal to me. Uh, You're about on the high end, but that also could be just, you know, sodium intake too. that that fluctuated at all that that could throw things up a little bit as well. Lost Edge asks, I have an easy bar at my home and some heavy bars. Should I do deadlifts with that? I really can't slam the bar to the ground in my apartment. So you said you have some heavy, heavy bars Um, by heavy bar. I'm assuming you mean a um, a barbell like this. So why wouldn't you do deadlifts with the barbell like this? I mean, like, is that what you mean by heavy bar? Um, if your only concern is you can't slam the gr- uh, bar to the ground in your apartment, that's fine. We'll talk about that. But in terms of um, using the easy bar, if you're limited on gym equipment and you have some sort of uh, easy curl bar like this, that this is a variant of an easy curl bar. If you want to do deadlifts, you can do deadlifts with this. The thing I would consider is while doing the deadlifts, is, is the curl in the bar somehow interfering with your ability to pull it up? Like is the curl punching you in the groin and then you feel like you belong in the three stooges because of how you're doing this? Or is it colliding with your knees in a different way that's impacting your deadlift? Okay, fine. Maybe in that case, that's concern. But um, okay, he says he has the easy bar. That's his only bar and he has some heavy weights to go with it. So, um, yes, you can do deadlifts like this. Just pay attention to if it's like getting in your way, like hitting your groin or your knees in an awkward way. Um, That being said, uh, doing deadlifts where you have to lower the bar slowly or quietly because either your gym does not um, allow for loud noises or because you're in an apartment, that's perfectly fine. Um, You got to do you got to make do with what you got to do Um, for deadlifts. There is the um, there is a there's rhyme and reason to do slow deadlifts where you lift it up slowly and you lower it slowly. Or in other words, the concentric and the eccentric concentric is the hard part of the lift where you're contracting your muscles. So basically a deadlift hard part is pulling off the ground. The eccentric is the lengthening of the muscles or the easy part, which is lowering it back down with gravity. So on the concentric, almost everybody is going to deadlift with a um, pull up hard and fast and just get it up. The difference comes afterward with how do you lower the bar back down? Do you pretty much just drop it like a controlled drop? Or do you um, do a slow controlled eccentric? There's reasons to do both. In your case, you're restricted by like the the choice of training is restricted because of your uh, apartment. So therefore, you should do controlled eccentrics, which means you won't go as heavy as you could with just doing pure concentrics, pure heavy concentrics with a a controlled drop. And that means also you will have to... um, Lower the weight. So, for example, if you were to do um, deadlifts, so like an example how this would look. So I, I, my, my typical deadlifts would look more like this. Right, I'm just kind of control dropping. If I were in a um, quiet apartment then I would have to lower the weight to something where I could easily do uh, controlled reps on the way down. So the controlled eccentric would basically be, like think of tempo work, where instead of just dropping, I'm going. Tempo deadlifts is an example, where I would count to three on the way down. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. So. Uh, you might have to lower it even more, lower the weight even more to drop it even more carefully. Okay, so tempo deadlifts has a time and place. And in particular, you have to be quiet because of your apartment. So I'll be doing tempo deadlifts. And the good news is the easy curl bar um, can't even get that heavy relative to an actual barbell. You can't even get that heavy with the easy curl bar. So you're just gonna have to go light anyway. Jigglebun says for someone who can't do heavy weightlifting, what kind of workouts would you suggest for upper chest and arms? And he said that he has a lot of free weights in a building uh, gym. He's like uh, apartment gym complex. He doesn't. He has a lot of those rubber, rubber elastic bands for working out with. I'm really a, a newbie when it comes to the whole working out thing still, because to be fair, I can never really invest any money into it because of limited funds. His lower back gets thrown out easily. He's doing some squats, standing wall pushups, and overall a lot of stretches, question mark. I'm a total newbie when it comes to working out, really. Physical limitations from doing uh, heavy lifting. He's done dumbbell lifting, wants to get his strength back. Hospitalized for more than half a year back in 2017. His body went to heck, so it's uh, been a battle to slowly build up what's been lost. Doctors told me to avoid powerlifting, et cetera. Okay, so a couple of things. Um, it sounds like you've already working with your clinicians about what you can and can't do. So, um, I will trust that any advice I give, like, you know, if it's going to fall into that category of your doctor's okay it, cause I don't know your situation. That being said, I hope that one day you can get to a place where you, if you would like to, you could do powerlifting. Um, that's always a conversation with your, your doctors. So that's another conversation we can have too about like, what is going on? Um, that being said, so the real question is: You have some issues preventing you from doing uh, certain workouts, heavy lifting in particular. You have an apartment gym. You want to uh, do upper chest and arms. So the good news is you can still do plenty of a plenty of a workout for. Um, your upper body or even your lower body with machines, with resistance bands, doing light weights. I think heavy weightlifting is fantastic to generate more strength, which will help generate more volume, but you can still generate more volume, which would be reps and sets times weight, through doing other things like lighter weights and higher reps. So given that your your body situation and you have an apartment gym, those two combined, it makes perfect sense to use bands and machines. That being said, how do you do uh, upper uh, upper chest and arms? At the end of the day, any workout that you do, it's gonna come down to generating enough volume to get a stimulus. That is, you've got to send a signal to your body that says, we need muscle. We need to respond to this threat, to this stimulus, and we gotta do something about it. And that is the uh, the heart of hypertrophy, which is, you gotta tell your body this is necessary, so we got to recover and get stronger to respond better. So with uh arms general rule of thumb is somewhere between 9 10 or 20 sets per week so like 9 to 20 sets per body part per week where you aren't uh, and by the way you should start with lower volume especially given like your um since you're new to this, and since you have a history of um, some health issues, I would start at probably even three or six sets per body part, and slowly consider working your way up to nine, 10 sets per week. And if you need to do more and you can recover, then do more. The main things for recovery to pay attention to are your joints hurting. You have new pains, sharp pains. Those are a bad sign. You will probably be really sore in the muscle, and usually the soreness goes away if you start like warming up a little bit. Um, if you start like, like your chest feels really sore and you start doing some like, it's like, oh man, this is really painful, but you start doing some like really light chest workouts and it starts to feel better. That's usually a sign of just soreness and you're fine. Um, that being said, arms. So you wanna do arms, right? Nine, 10, 12 sets as a minimum per body part per week. So biceps, nine, 12 sets. Triceps, nine, 12 sets. In your case, give yourself a little bit of time to ramp up to nine, 12 sets. But um, nine, 12 sets for biceps, per week. You can do that three sets of biceps, uh, three days a week. You all nine or 12 in a single day. It depends on your schedule. It depends on your preferences. Uh, It would be probably arguably better to spread it out. But again, if you don't have time for that, I'll leave this up to you about how you divide up your volume. The important part is just get a minimum amount of volume and try to slowly increase that over time to where you're going to do increased weights or increased reps, that sort of stuff, or increased sets. Um, So biceps, right? I don't care. I I would like to, I I think it's a good idea to do a combination of uh, free weights, for like arms, do a combination of free weights like basically dum- dumbbells. Um, do a combination of dumbbells, free weights or bands or machines. So if for example, at your apartment complex gym, you have general like curl machines and you have some free weight dumbbells, I would do 9 to 12 sets for your biceps. Divide it up in a week however you want to to where you're doing a couple of sets uh, with free weights of the curls You're doing some sets on the machine. If you have the bands I would also stand on the bands like you have a band underneath you and you're doing the curls on the bands Let me just show it really quick So with like these are resistance tubes But you can do the same thing with bands you basically find uh, you cut take out the slack a little bit you stand on it You find the right part to where there's some tension at the bottom and then you can do curls like this Right, you're probably gonna be aiming for more like, you know, reps that are high rep, so pretty lightweight, like 12 reps in a set, 20 reps in a set, somewhere around there. Okay, um, 9, 12 sets, some combination. I would also consider same thing for biceps and triceps. Consider uh, doing a combination of neutral grip, where you're, um, you know, you're basically like uh, your hand, you're making a thumbs up. Uh, doing a supinated grip or palms face it up, facing up and pronated grip or close to it. You don't have to do a full pronation or full supination. P- pronated grip where your um, palms are face down. So, what I mean is um, for the example of triceps, so you're doing some push downs, you could do uh, a neutral grip, push down. You could do a supinated grip or palms facing you, push down. Do some uh, pronated grip, push downs. Do a combination of those where you change your grips and you change your equipment. A simple way to approach generating volume for your arms. Same thing for chest. You might be limited on what they have. Um, Ideally, you should have, like, if you have an incline bench, then you can do dumbbell incline bench press. And then if they have any kind of chest press machine, um, if they allow for angles, but I I doubt they would have that at an apartment complex, but they allow for angles, then you want something where you're pushing at an upward angle. Um, If you don't have those options, the next best thing is just, oh, well, you're gonna have to use... Bands to hit the upper chest and that's all you got it. So you have to do dumbbell bench press just flat dumbbell bench press flat machine press um, or flat machine chest press and uh, Perhaps to hit a little bit upper chest you might want to do throw in some overhead pressing some vertical uh, Shoulder stuff which will hit a little bit of upper chest That's kind of like you're gonna have to make the best of what you got and At the end of the day don't beat yourself up because you've got limited equipment But same thing applies chest 9 to 12 sets um for the chest throughout the week, divide up however you want. He says, I went to changing my eating habit route and now it's time to focus on working out. So all this is really, really helps me. 2015 is when I started going on my weight loss journey. Thank you for all the information. It means a lot. No problem, man. I hope that helps. Seriously. If you have any follow-ups, let me know. Poga Huntis says, um, is all about a calorie deficit. If I want to lose weight, And she gave me some additional information. And the short answer is yes. Yes, it is all about a calorie deficit to lose weight. But there can be some nuanced information to pay attention to, depending on your history, how long you've been losing weight for, um, how like are you struggling with certain things? Are there certain strategies that maybe we should apply to achieve the calorie deficit? There's a lot of different strategies out there. But at the end of the day, yes, you need a calorie deficit to lose weight. But her um, follow-up information is she is 72 kilos. 168 centimeters which in freedom units is five six 158 pounds uh, kind of chubby she says she did one year of intermittent fasting but it actually changed nothing then it went for the calorie deficit my basic calories are 1700 uh, do you know what your maintenance calories are Pogahuntis? if you don't know that's fine or Poga Huntus if you don't know your maintenance calories just tell me what do you generally do in a week for your activity and I will help you calculate your maintenance calories. So, um, you were eating at about, and by the way, guys, tell me if this desyncs, cause this might actually desync my, my audio and video, but, um, you were eating about 1300, your, your maintenance is 1700 and you're eating at about 13 to 1500 calories a day for four weeks. Didn't see a difference though. Should I go less or any suggestion on that? So what kind of activity are you doing? Because, um, let's just double check the numbers for your maintenance is your maintenance 1700 so here we have uh, exclamation mark tde total daily energy expenditure or time.com slash tde you can see it up there and so we're going to enter her information she is i don't know how old you are to say 30 and you are five uh 158 pounds five six sedentary she's 23 okay 23 and Mostly in the office with a standing table. Okay. Um, which by the way, the calories burn from standing all day versus sitting all day, even though you're motionless, the calories extra burn is in the tens of calories. So to me, that's kind of negligible. I don't I don't count that for anything. Because you know, I, I don't want to count for it because I don't want to I don't want to overestimate my expenditure and think I'm lo- and get disappointed when I'm not losing fat faster. You know what I mean? Anyway, so you are sedentary. Currently. Not exercising. So TDE, your maintenance is about 1800, 1700. So that sounds about right. And if you are eating at um, 13, 1500, let's overestimate this. Let's just assume your maintenance is 1800. Let's assume the worst case fat loss scenario because you are not losing weight right now, it sounds like. 1,800 calories, and let's just say you're you're, you're eating around 13 to 1,500 calories per day, how confident are you that you're really like nailing those targets and you have little wiggle room? Um, Because if you're only kind of confident, we should assume the worst case, which is you're eating at 1,500 calories per day, which means you'd be losing about half a pound per week. Sorry, I, I rounded up on this. I meant to round down to assume worst case. That is maybe you're not your maintenance is not as high as you think it is, so it might actually be like seventeen hundred. It might actually be lower if you think you have a slow metabolism. I don't want to get into that today, but let's just round down to seventeen hundred. You're eating at fifteen hundred. Maybe you will lose half a pound per week. And on top of that, based on the information you've given, you uh, haven't seen a difference. So I'm guessing you weighed yourself, you have not noticed the difference. So you speak in sensible units like kilograms. So 72 kilos and you would have lost, so for four weeks, you would have lost um, half pound per week, so two pounds, so basically one kilo. You should have seen perhaps a kilo lost. Now, why didn't you see a kilo lost? That could be a couple of things. One is you're loosey-goosey on your uh, calorie tracking. Your, Your maintenance is not as high as it could have been. Could be both, right? So, um, Feel free to let me know if you think you have been really accurate tell me like I want to hear like a certain level of confidence from you that you've been tracking everything liquid calories and solid calories and you're pretty precise on the amounts that you're consuming cuz a lot of times like a couple hundred calories off like let's just look at this math if instead of 1500 calories you're eating at some days you're eating at 16 or 1700, like close to maintenance other days, 15 or 14. But on average, you're eating close to your maintenance that could lead to basically a quarter pound loss per week. Um, and then over a course of a month, that's going to be half a kilo, right? One pound, half a kilo. It's, it's going to be hard to see that because if you have, um, if you have a uh, strong menstrual cycles, um, it's only been a month right menstrual cycles can play a role different women's hormones can impact how much water retention they have some women will feel very bloated some don't but uh, depending on where they are in their period. So if you know that you do struggle with um, stronger menstrual cycles impacting your, your water retention and you have like days where you feel like really bloated and soaked in water. Um, in those cases. It may be your menstrual cycle is kind of masking this. And so the question for you is, do you have a fairly regular cycle of like roughly four weeks to where um, you can reliably predict when it's going to come? Because if it is predictable and it's reliable, then what you can do is you can track, um, compare what your um, weight loss or your weight is like for um, week by week, week. week one versus uh, the other month's week ones and week two versus other month's week two. So, for example, week one, what is your average weight for month one and then month two, week one? What is your average weight? And then month three, week one, what is your average weight? Is that going down by um, the one kilogram or half a pound or, or half a kilo that we expect? month by month and then same thing with what does your weight look like uh week two month one versus week two month two and is that moving down because week by week it might be fluctuating too much with water weight that is really hard to see where it's actually going so this is a different strategy Um, also i would say be patient because sometimes weight loss is not linear and as you're losing weight you might be retaining more water which is going to mask the weight loss on the scale however how do you solve this problem? So uh, Hunt Huntis already answered like what how to change your expectations? But if you want to accelerate things more, yes, I would either reduce calories more or increase activity. Those are the two knobs we can control for weight loss. Decrease the, uh, the amount we're eating, increase activity. Obviously there are limits to how much we can do. Eating zero calories every day for months, I do not recommend. <laughs> I don't I mean In some extreme situations, maybe a water fast would be okay, but I usually don't recommend a water fast for most people. Um, Also, the uh, other extreme being... Uh, doing a marathon every day is probably too much activity for the common person. So don't do a marathon every day. Don't do a water fast for a year, okay? Find some limit, like everyone has their own limits about how low they can drop calories before they feel like they're crashing and burning. That's kind of the limit. Like don't don't go to crashing and burning mode. Same thing with uh, activity. Don't grind yourself into the dirt. Increase to whatever you can. Now, um, the easy low-hanging fruit suggestion here Uh, Pogahuntas is I would not decrease your calories more I mean I would if you want spend a a week or two trying to get much more precise on your food tracking to see if you are um being too inaccurate and maybe like you forgot that you add cream and sugar to your coffee and so you haven't been tracking coffee or um, what you thought was one cup of cheese was actually two cups of cheese or what you thought was 100 grams of cheese was actually 200 grams of cheese or whatever you know mistake we want to talk about so that could be uh, an example of of the tracking maybe to focus on just to double check your numbers but besides that lowering your calories much more below 1500 or 1300 might get pretty tough you're doing nothing right now for your activity, can you do more, wait, can you do more activity? She says, no, I'm actually weighing, weighing every day and I put it in my counting." Okay. So you are weighing your food. Okay. So it might be that you are accurate on that. Okay. Fantastic. Um, the, the lowest hanging fruit suggestion here is not to decrease your calories. I would suggest increasing your activity in any way, shape or form. So Huntus, without knowing what you have access to or what you enjoy, I'm going to throw out a whole bunch of random blanket suggestions. So Anything that gets your heart rate up that you can sustain and just do it just as Emperor Palpatine would say, just do Do it. it. And so, for example, if you have just dance at home, play just dance. If you um, have any like if you like doing yoga, yoga doesn't burn a lot of calories, but fuck it, it's better than doing nothing. Do yoga. If you um, want to follow along with some sort of hit cardio workout at home, HIIT, do any of those. If you have a bike, go for a bike ride every day. Go for a bike ride every other day. If you can go for a walk, go for a jog, do some jump rope. Um, if you have access to a gym, do some weightlifting. You have no idea where to start. Do any kind of weightlifting program that involves pushing pulling and some legs that's a fantastic program as long as it includes some sort of progression that is way better than nothing okay pushing pulling legs it has some plan for progression um try that out obviously there's good i mean we can further subdivide what's optimal or not but that's kind of like my minimum requirement of what's going to be at least an okay lifting program um if you want to dissect the lifting program some other time, we can talk about that. But that's the general direction I would go. Paga Huntus, increase your activity to whatever you can and just keep your calories roughly the same, assuming you feel pretty confident in the accuracy of the calories. Okay? If this podcast earned it, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. We're new to the podcast space and we will be reading all the feedback. Also, if you like the content, follow us on twitch.tv tominationtime time and keep notifications on for when we go live. Feed your brain, feed your body, and we'll see you next time.